I V M. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Like this, will we call this a new season? We'll see. A new season of IVM likes, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're joining me here today. Our uh, Amit Doshi, uh, Mr. IVM himself. How are you doing, Amit? I'm good. Looking forward to this. It's been a long time since I've been on an IVM likes episode. Very true. And yeah. uh, joining us also is Sunetra Lahiri, host of GVCD on our network. Hello. How are you guys doing? All great. This is, <laughs> this is so good to see you guys, man. On, I know, on I know. Like, <laughs> Usually we just hear each other's voices. <laughs> and it's yeah. like a snippet of like someone near the kitchen or someone lurking in, in the living room. So it's nice to see each other while we are doing this. That's it's like exactly. an actual conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like Amit and I actually see each other quite often because of Cyrus says. Yeah, but, that's true. Uh, and I see Sunetro on and off whenever I, I sit for recordings of KBCD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's great to finally be on an episode together with uh, Sunetro. This is, this is bloody great. Yeah, looking forward. Yeah. 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 So what's so, our topic? Okay, so uh, for those of us joining us for the first time, this is uh, our, the 164th episode of IVM Likes. We've taken a break for a while because of the pandemic and we had re- been rebroadcasting some of our older episodes. I hope you guys were checking those out. So welcome back to our new, new season. If you guys don't know how this show works, the first half of the episode, we guys give uh, some recommendations as to what we've been watching recently, some show, movie, book maybe that we've been reading that we like to recommend and we like the listeners to check out themselves. And in the second half, we'll be talking about a pop culturally relevant topic. And this time, the topic that we're going to be talking about today is the things that we have been either re-watching in a pop culture sphere, maybe a TV show or a show, uh, sorry, or a, or a movie that we've been watching again and again during this lockdown or something that we saw newly, which has been on our list for a while that we finally got to in this lockdown and that has kept us going. I kept us sane during this time. So I'm sure we all have a lot of a lot to say on this issue. Uh, starting off, let's start with the recommendation round. Uh, Sunetra, would you like to go first? Something you like to recommend? Of course, yeah. Okay. One of the things that's kind of been uh, almost a common theme when it comes to whatever I've been seeking out is uh, something that makes me feel good. Because, you know, there's a dumb, like the world's a dumpster fire right now. So, so I mean, anything that makes you feel better than what things actually are is what I look for. And, uh, I wasn't expecting it to be such a viscerally beautiful experience, but Beyonce launched her visual album on Disney Hotstar. I mean, Disney Plus and Hotstar over here called Black is King. Now, I'll give you guys for the uninitiated, what is Black is King? Is yeah. uh, It's uh, almost a quasi-theatrical rendition of Lion King, except that the lion here is an African boy who has to travel through like he gets abandoned by his family and uh, he's born a royal and he gets abandoned uh, he goes into these mills and so essentially there the hyenas become drug dealers and things like that so there's metaphor there's beauty there it's just it was performance art and for me 60 odd minutes of just it was like watching a Broadway show with Beyonce what can get better for an out game man like Beyonce was performing on screen in the most gorgeous costumes in the most beautiful settings and art you know pieces and so yeah so for me I hated I hated Lion King the live action film this is what it should have been 
this is what the live action film should have been. So, so, so yeah. Uh, so are you a general musical fan? Is that I love. So I'm not as much of a fan as uh, you'd expect an out gay man to be. Like I'm not a you know like out and out Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like I know all the lyrics and all of that. Yeah. I love spectacle overall mm-hmm. as a theme when I watch something. So and musicals usually tick the boxes, but musicals that are a little sweeter, mm-hmm. uh, especially on stage. For example, once for me that doesn't read as. Great musical on stage. It reads as great, mu- good musical on on screen. If right. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I know yeah. Amit. You're a big fan of musicals, right? Like I know I'm, you recently loved Hamilton, and you saw it. I'm generally not a musical fan, but Hamilton mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's the second musical which I've really, really loved in life. Right, first one was Rent. And this was a. Oh one. my God! Yes. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say the person was Wizard of Oz, and now this. No, 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 no. No, no, but uh, see, the thing is that Rent and Hamilton have commonalities, right? They both kind of. Uh, Took things which you were not expecting to see in a yeah, musical yeah. and turn them into musicals, right? Yeah. Uh, Rent was like you know it's it's a personal yeah. story, but it's also yeah. like the first rock musical, right? Also, so, also the talk, talking about very very important issues like yeah. like you know HIV awareness and AIDS yeah. and and yeah like right. beautiful. Uh, and Hamilton was just like you know it's I've I've never seen anything like it, right? I mean like it was just a uh, like I, I've heard the soundtrack a couple of times yeah, afterwards, yeah. right? And that's not me. Right? I mean, like my music taste died in 2001, right? When, the, <laughs> when, when basically uh, Audio Slave got formed, that was like the last band that I've given a shit about, right? Uh, but this was really fun to watch. This but is really there fun. are enough people who are obsessed with just the music of mm-hmm. it itself as well, yeah. right? Like. Like massive fans who just so, keep quoting it. If you guys have seen uh, Hamilton, I have a suggestion for you. Go to YouTube and do a search for a Hamilton reaction, okay. right? And yeah. you watch people experiencing Hamilton for the first time and they're just like, their jaws are dropping because they don't know what to make of this shit. So um, I've always had this question. When Lynn manuel Miranda had to pitch it to like investors, yeah. what would that have been? I mean, who would have believed in something like this? A historical... Which works with rap verses? Who would have thought this would be? I mean, when was the last time we had literature that became one of the ages? Right, yeah. it, 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 right. Like the last time something like that happened, which which is something for the ages, was maybe J.K. Rowling. Like, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. really like uh, I'm talking about something that goes on, like. Uh, I, I don't know about that. There have been some amazing. No, I'm books. not. I'm not. I'm not saying. Amazing books or not? I'm no, even for the ages, pop, right? I mean, uh, something that becomes pop culture, like something that becomes so far pervaded across the society. Something that breaks through to people who yes, are not going to yeah. consume. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Like for me, this was I couldn't have imagined someone pitching a pitch like this. It's incredible. <laughs> like, uh, so maybe that should have been your recommendation rather than. <laughs> well, you should watch. You should watch Black is King. I will. I will. No, I, I've. Uh, we'll talk about this more in the second uh, part. But I've gone into a little bit of a music watching kind of space, right? So I'm mean, mm. like, well, we'll discuss that in the second half, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just a quick uh, side note on Hamilton. Uh, there was a before when the when the pandemic just started when the lockdown just started there were everyone was doing the good news thing okay i'm going to spread good news out there i'm going to just only exclusively spread good news and uh, john krasinski from the office fame had uh, started a show called some good news yeah. i don't know if you checked this out yeah. uh, but on i think on the second episode or the third episode of that show uh, he got the entire hamilton cast 
to surprise this, I think it was like an eight or a nine year old little girl who was like a Yamal Hamilton fan who had mm. previously bought tickets but couldn't make it because the lockdown hit her city. Mm-hmm. So she had bought tickets for the show, but then she couldn't make it. So the entire Hamilton cast, uh, John Kriski somehow made this happen. And it was just such a beautiful thing to see because so, I haven't seen the show myself. But that so, piece so can I just say, Can I just say this? So last year I was in New York and I couldn't get Hamilton tickets. I was planning to travel to New York again this year just so I could watch it like live. <laughs> And I'm not going to stop trying. Seriously. <laughs> I, I know I watch it on television. Like, what's television? Like, sure. But I want to watch it on the big screen because there's just... It's um, so, it's worth, you know, worth it. I, so, I, so, again, I was talking about these YouTube reaction videos, right? So, one of the people who did it was somebody who's seen the show three or four times, right? And she was saying that, you know what? For first-time watchers, watching it on television might actually be a better experience. Hmm. Because when you're watching it live, what happens is two things happen. One is the orchestral music often overpowers the words that are being spoken. Yeah. Right? And the words in Hamilton are really, really important. Yes. Right? Because, uh, I mean, like, you know, it, it's so freaking wordy, right? I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you think about it, like, and, and some of the lines are just, like, great, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to waste my shot. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, just like my country. I'm not going to waste my shot. I mean, that's just, like, you know, that's that's incredible, like, uh, that's incredible lyrics, lyricism, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And and so I mean, like I can see that being a thing, right? So I mean, like you yeah. know, maybe you lucked out by watching it first on I television, that, and now yeah, maybe because I saw it up close, right on screen, mm-hmm. and and in the theaters, who knows where I would be sitting? Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, All yeah, right, sorry. moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Sure. Uh, Amit, Amit, what about your recommendation? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to recommend a book. This is my standard kind of play. Uh, this is what I do on IBM Likes. I, re- I recommend a fantasy book to mm. people. Yep. So the one I got this time is, uh, so it's an author named Michael G. Manning. And the series is called The Art of the Adept. So Michael okay. G. Manning is actually fairly well known as one of the first people who really made a ton of money as a writer without going to a publishing house. Mm, so his yeah. first book was called The Blacksmith's, uh, the Blacksmith's Son. Can't remember the name of the entire series, but it's, it was a five book series. Mm. And it was a serious bestseller, but it only had a Kindle version. So it was an ebook only yeah. and with no major publisher behind it. Wow. So it was wow. like the first, uh, one of the first books that became popular from that kind of lens. This one is, I think he's got like a, like, you know, there are actual physical books of this thing available, but it's a really interesting story. So it's, uh, it starts off fairly typically, you know, your typical farm boy villager who is like an orphan. In this case, not a full orphan, a half orphan, or actually he's not really an orphan at all, but his his father's abandoned him, his mom, he's living with his mom. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it has some very, very interesting kind of mechanics when it comes to how magic functions in the world, right? So magic, basically, it's divided between wizards and sorcerers. Hmm. Wizards have to learn how to do magic from their own mental discipline. Sorcerers learn how to do magic by uh, depending on the surroundings. Or depending on, yeah, exactly. You have, not exactly the surroundings. It's uh, so the thing is that there's a little bit of a spoiler there if I give the exact how they do their magic. But basically, uh, their magic is not as hard earned as a wizard's magic is, and because oh. of that, there are no longer any wizards left in the world. So this guy has got wizard blood and he meets somebody who is an old, the last wizard left. Hmm. And that wizard trains him and then promptly dies within like the first hundred pages. <laughs> uh, and then after but that... This reminds, 
Sorry, this reminds me of Aragorn. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the guy dies in the beginning. <laughs> Does he really? The the, yeah. the, the wizard. So his his I mean, uh, he dies early. Yeah, correct. And Aragorn's uh, teacher turns out to be a dragon rider himself. Like that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I just say that Aragorn had the fir- best first book and the worst second and third book of the series oh my I've God. ever read in my right. life? I, I just didn't like it because it was okay. So I, I love Tolkien so much that I have a Tolkien yep. tattoo. Like I, okay. I wow. and it just felt so derivative of Tolkien. And frankly, okay. a, it was a, frankly a large part of fantasy verse is derived from either you know C.S. Lewis or Tolkien. But this was so blatantly derivative. This, the, the, yeah. But but you know again, I mean, like you know, it was a fifteen-year-old. So I mean, like you got to lay allowances to that. Yeah, right? that's true. That's yeah. right. Uh, uh, but again, you know, the second and third book were just awful, right? <laughs> I mean, they were. Okay. Awful. The thing is, okay, no, no. Uh, but I read those uh, the second and third book also also when I was very young in my teens. Oh, yeah. So I thoroughly enjoyed them because I was hungry for that series. Okay. I loved dragons. The uh, the fantasy so, of it was very cool. My, so I read all of these yeah. like you know the Aragorn series and Percy Jackson like yes. I, I don't want. That, dude, all like, of that. Like, Man, how, how are we not yeah, like, now? I, I, if someone asked me, I would just go you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that used to be, yeah, that was totally yeah. my jam, man. I know. Jackson, uh, Artemis Fowl, that was kind of my yes. Thing. Artemis Fowl. Oh film, my god! Though, it is. Oh yes, my god! The, the shittiest worst. movie ever. The worst. <laughs> yeah, like, always, how always. can you take such good source material and yes. make such a shitty movie? Because what I loved about yeah. Artemis Fowl was always. that this child felt dangerous you know yeah. Yeah. and and this is such a, a wide bread piece of ass like just what? totally watered down just complete yeah. rubbish it was Ew. absolute rubbish absolutely. uh so it's one of the so it's definitely not on my recommendation list and <laughs> yeah. the, 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 uh, the thing about artemis fowl though i mean like you know it was such a you're right dangerous is a good word for that kid right because that yeah. kid was like you know I he think, was yeah. hardcore yeah. Exactly. Right, and exactly. inside yeah. this thing, he was just like he was a little brat. That's all he yeah. was, right? Yeah. I mean, like, exactly. and, yeah. Oh, also, I uh, was a little disappointed with the whole elf thing as well, right? They really didn't show us anything about them. They, yeah. they were just kind of there. Absolutely, and the yeah. elves are really important in the series. Yes. yes. So I, 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 yeah. I was disappointed. But then that, that's, that's I think uh, it's very tough to get young, maybe young fiction, young fantasy right in movies because Aragorn also they f-ed up. Yeah, uh, they screwed up. Uh, the Percy Jackson movies also weren't great. The okay. first one was okay, watchable. The second one was again. Terrible. I didn't like it either. I yeah, it wasn't that. great. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. Okay, I feel like uh, so that that era of of uh, fantasy adaptations were very limited by uh, the medium because you couldn't really because these these uh, stories require time to build the reason why game of thrones is so successful is because you have the time to stretch the story i mean i'm not i'm not even counting the last season no but, but people but, still think the last season was kind of compressed even though it was seven seasons of 10 episodes yeah. each they still so, feel the last yeah. season was yeah but if i'm looking at the first couple of seasons which bore fidelity to the the source material it allowed for that to happen yeah case in point one of my favorite favorite um, fantasy novels of all like of all times is philip pullman uh uh-huh. his dark materials the difference i didn't love the, the movies huh? I, so, they, so case in point is if you look at the richness and texturing in the series that they are building versus the film it's a huge difference you you can build the mythology you can build the mythos the legends 
otherwise why am i watching i i'm not watching it just for set pieces yeah i'm watching yeah. it for the story i'm watching it for i want to root for a philosophy so you know? the best fantasy exists in the seams of the story plot line right yes. it, it, it's the stuff that's around right so, so one of the reasons so uh so the wheel of time is making a show right they're making a show about the wheel of time on amazon yeah. Yeah. one of the reasons i'm so excited about that show particularly is because each season is going to be a book and a half to two books yes yes and that's what it should be yeah because that, that that's why i'm excited because i love that series i think it's yeah. one of the best series out there it has mm-hmm. problems there are issues with it i'm not saying that it's perfect <laughs> But having said that, I love the series. I think it's one of the. Uh, it's honestly, it's what got me into fantasy. Right? I read uh, Lord of the Rings and it's uh, you know the other two following books when I was in college, and I hated yeah. them. I hated them. <laughs> like I couldn't get through them. Right? And to the point where for the next fifteen years, I'm like, I don't want to read fantasy. That's not my mm. thing. And yeah. then I got into. Then I got Harry Potter with like uh, my nieces were reading Harry Potter, and yeah. so they got me into that. And then from there. There was a Wheel of Time adaptation, yeah. which was for kids, yeah. called yeah. From the Two Rivers, which was basically half of the first book, right? And so they got that, and they asked me mm. to read it, and I read it, and I liked it. And then I saw that, oh, wait, this is only half of the first book. And then I'm like, wait, there are 13 other books? Okay, I got some stuff uh, to do now. Yeah. So, but, but that's how I got into it, right? So I'm, but, but the thing about it is the texture, it's the societies, mm. it's the mm. cultures, it's the clash of different cultures. It's, the mm-hmm. cla- you know, it's that stuff that really kind of makes yeah, it work, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you try to do this stuff in like a movie length, it's gone. It's really, it doesn't work. Yeah. It really doesn't work. And people need to start learning that like <laughs> pronto. No, but I think that's the great thing about OTT platforms that have come up yes. right now. That, yeah, I mean, like yeah. you're getting these big budget TV shows, yeah. which are incredible, right? I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, like I, 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 I couldn't be more excited. Like the, the Umbrella Academy, it's not based on a book. I think it's based on a comic book. Comic but, book comics, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but I think also the story goes pretty far away from that, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's, it's a far, far, like it, they've taken elements of characters. Right. Or, uh, uh, but like the story is so basically the writers are the comic writers so, okay. so they've just like gone rogue like they said mm. I don't need to bear fidelity to this because I'm the one writing it so like but, but, I, but I think it still works well the, the other one that I really liked was I haven't seen the second season yet but I love the first season of Altered Carbon it's more of a sci-fi than a fantasy. Yeah, like I, 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 I was not particularly. I love the first season because uh-huh. okay, I, I just love sci-fi. Uh, also, uh, so that's one of the few sci-fi books I've read. Is Altered Carbon. I've not watched the series, but oh, uh, the book okay. is great. I've heard the, again. Know. I've heard the show. Sorry, sorry. I've heard the show again. Is like a slightly watered-down version of the book. It is. So as, it as is. it always would be. Yeah. Uh, they just cancelled it though. Like I. Oh, did they? Like they. There was momentum to build more stories, but uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sad. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe I should finish my recommendation. Actually, now that we went on the tangent. Yeah, no, but that was a good tangent. But uh, just uh, yeah, to fun. kind of uh, wrap up what I was saying, right about the books. So there are three books that are out so far, and there are more books are expected. It's supposed to be a five book series. Hmm. Uh, the first one is called Choice of Magic. The second, Spells and Spellcraft. The third is Scholar of Magic. Uh, what 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 I like about it is that each of the books are kind of individual. Uh, they, they, they're sort of tropey but different tropey, right? So the first one is um, Army Story, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about this, uh, so like I said, like, you know, he, he gets his training and the first 100 pages, mentor dies, and then he has to go do shit, right? Mm-hmm. And the shit that he does is he has to get into the army, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you get like, you know, like army fantasy, like so it's got like shades of black company and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. The second book is a school story. 
So it's a uh, it's it's not Harry Potter. It's a little kind of because these are older characters, mm-hmm. but it's a school story. It's a story set in a college and like you know all mm-hmm. the normal college kind of stuff, right? Factions and this and that and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But again, really, really kind of uh, interesting. And then the third story is the one where you know our hero becomes like a powerful, powerful person, right? Yeah. Where I mean, like you know, he comes into his own power. So I mean, like all of these are like kind of normal fantasy trope stories like you know i mean like but i love the fact that instead of like having a whole series of uh, army story or uh, a school story each book is its own kind of little uh thing Mm. and gives you the uh gives you the warm and fuzzies that you get from like these Mm -hmm. kinds of trophy novels and Mm. and again i'm not going to say that these are the best written books ever or anything like that it's not guy gabriel okay but at the same time really fun to read Mm. So that was the art of the attempt again, no? That's the final. The question. art of the adept. Adept by okay. Michael G. Manning. Uh, okay, very cool. Uh, I'll get to my recommendation. Mine is, uh, it's I think a 1995 movie. I'll just check the date again. But it's a uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm sure you both have definitely seen this movie. I just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I never did, and I curse myself for never seeing this movie sooner because it is such a fun, easy, breezy watch. Really? Yeah, it is yeah. such like you can just flip it on in the background also, and it'll be just a great watch. It's one of the most quotable movies ever, too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> yeah. oh god, Bueller. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> uh, also has a very fun uh, Charlie Sheen cameo if you're a fan of Charlie uh-huh. Sheen. Mm. Uh, so yeah, the movie is about this kid called Ferris Bueller, played by Matthew Broderick, in a star-making performance. By the way, yeah. uh, like this is what this movie is what made him. Uh, no, it's not. He what, became a star with War Games. I think War was Games. Was this? War Games. I think was before this. Okay, then this movie solidified him. And, yeah. uh, it <laughs> like, quote me on that. This, no, no, as in it, it kind of gave him box office cred. So uh, yeah. that's uh, fair point. Yeah, that's fair yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, and the, this movie is about this kid, Ferris Bueller. He wants to basically bunk a day of school and go and roam around with his girlfriend and his best friend and just spend the day doing basically nothing, making a little bit of a ruckus. And it's about a teacher who is out to get him. The entire this and this teacher is just such. This played by uh, again, I, I'm not sure of the actor's name, but the teacher is just played so superbly by uh, the principal of the school. And I know who you're talking well. about. You know what? I uh, keep keep going. I, I'm I'm going to look him up because I think that uh, that dude has some problems. Like what? Like uh, uh, oh, no, he, dude, I I'm not sure yet because I don't want to say. It okay, yeah, I I'm looking exactly. at it. His name is. His name was Jeffrey Jones. Uh, he played uh, Professor Ed Rooney uh, on the show. And just what an amazing, amazing performance. He does so much without saying, because the entire, basically the movie is about Ferris Bueller on a side doing something. And this uh-huh. guy trying to get after him throughout the movie. So like say, supposing uh, Ferris Bueller was out buying beer uh, at uh, at a store or, or like he's singing songs uh, in in the parade. Uh, Ferris Bueller starts singing songs in the parade. This teacher will be like just five steps behind and just, just have missed him. But always like, always there and always like comically very well done. Just, just yeah, just please check this out. I think you can find, check it out on Netflix right now. Yeah, dude, I, I was right about this. This guy's got pedophilia issues. Mm. Oh God, no. Yeah. Oh, my mind is shattered. That is so sad. <laughs> this is the same thing that happened uh, on an episode with uh, Farad where he was just generally talking about um, celebrities and he was like, Brian Singer. And I was like, you. And he was like, why don't you like Brian Singer? And his movies are amazing. I was like, yeah, but have you heard what's happening? He's like, oh shit. Oh my God. Like my, my entire reality has shattered. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, sure. no. Okay. He, he, scratch that. It's not my recommendation. <laughs> don't don't watch this part okay. of the movie. No, but, but I mean, it's just I, him, I, right? Exactly. Just him, yeah. The, the movie itself, yeah. 
a movie, I would have understood, like, don't recommend a painting by him because that was the only, like, he was the only person involved. But but a yeah. film has so many other people other than, let's say, one problematic person, right? So, yeah. please, go ahead, recommend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, no, no, and I mean, like, seriously, John Hughes, Matthew Broderick, I mean, like, yeah. these were, uh, Alan Rock, too, he's hilarious yeah. right so, yeah so i mean like you know the, the, these were uh, these are people worth checking out for sure yeah oh, yeah okay i don't know if you guys know this fan theory uh, you guys have both seen the movie right just right yeah. you also seen the movie yeah. so i don't know if you know this fan theory but apparently uh, so cameron uh, played by aaron rock the character played by aaron rock it's a dream best, it's his best friend yeah it was a dream it was a dream the entire thing was a dream and uh, yeah. it, it, it adds up it, it, like i saw it it the movie. yeah exactly yeah. i up. love fan theories yeah. i love love love, love fan, fan theories, theories. And the best thing is there's no one to say yes or no to. I mean, because like That's true. people just Because very often the directors that. also like to keep it vague. So like, of no, course, you think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's happened with Inception with Pulp Fiction, the fact yeah, that you got yeah. that suitcase with Pulp Fiction. Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> cool stuff. All yeah. right, that brings us to the, the end of the first half of the episode. Sunita, would you like to just repeat your recommendation quickly? So what I recommend is Black is King. It's, yeah. uh, it's basically a musical like it's a visual album uh, by yeah. Beyonce on where can people Hotstar. check it out uh, you can check it out on Hotstar awesome uh, Amit uh, the series is called Art of the Adept by Michael yep. G. Manning. Uh, yep. It is, um, I, I don't think it's a Kindle Unlimited. I think you got to buy it. Okay. But it's available on the Kindle. Okay. Uh, and I recommended Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie. And please check it out on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. See you guys on the other side. Okay. Back for the second half of the show. And uh, guys... So the topic we're talking about, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is uh, things basically in entertainment that have kept us going throughout this lockdown. These can be things that we have rewatched, say, like a TV show that is close to our heart that we just that gives us comfort. Please don't say Friends because all of us know Friends is <laughs> yeah. uh, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so these are just movies or shows that we have been checking out. Like, I, I, let me start with this. I, I have been hooked to mild award for MasterChef Australia. I've mm. talked about this. Amit knows this. I've talked about it on Cyrus as well. And oh God, MasterChef Australia. The, I only got into it in the last season. That is season 12. Uh, uh, firstly, are either of you fans of MasterChef or have checked out a, maybe a season? I, 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 yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I, I've watched it, but I'm not a fan. Please. Okay. So, uh, I don't watch MasterChef because I end up crying. not just that it's just i can't stop like so i'm one of those people i'm not very like expressive with my emotions to live with like people but when master chef happens oh yeah i don't know like that like remember the remember blind chef christine i think christine this is master chef australia i mean that entire season i after that every episode my flow would be wet. I would have to mop it because everything <laughs> she would do and she was such a genius, like absolute uh-huh. genius. Like it would just bring me to tears and just the idea of food and emotion together. It's just... Mm-hmm. Man, wow, wait. Uh, so I only got... I was, that's going to be my next uh, disclaimer that I only started in the in the 12th season mm. after the, the original three guest, uh, hosts left and the new three hosts oh. are on. Mm. Uh, so what season are you talking about? This, uh, this blind is like... Chef? Yeah, yeah, like this is ages back. Like this is wow. I'm, I'm the old guard. Like I, I watched like everything. So I haven't watched the new set of judges. So yeah, the new I'm judges still, are great. Yeah, I, I mean I, I've checked out some of the old episodes also, and the old judges I, obviously have their own personalities. So. I have heard the opposite too. So I can. <laughs> <make the same laughs> uh, 
But <laughs> I uh, literally I saw the season and man, I was just blown away hmm. at firstly the humanity of it all because especially this the last season took place during the pandemic. So hmm. while the lockdown Melbourne was going through the lockdown while this was being shot in hmm. maintaining social distancing between yes. uh, contestants and the judges, so people can't even shake hands. So like if you supposing had a terrible critique of your dish you, and you'll be crying you cannot get a hug from a friend you can have to still support each other with with like elbows and all but it was really powerful because the people in masterchef care about each other it's not made up or it doesn't or if they it is made up it is very well done mm-hmm. because they care they truly are friends they like each other it's not one of those reality shows where people are just bitching about each other like hey man uh, just what is pooja what is his behavior that kind of stuff it's not that uh, <laughs> That, that's the thing. The reason I loved uh, any given day, I mean, MasterChef Australia is always better than MasterChef America, is uh. because MasterChef America is like uh, Big Boss. Like it's, it's, like, <laughs> exactly. it's like Big Boss. Like it's. Yeah. I mean, Gordon Ramsay. You don't bring Gordon Ramsay without a reason. You know, right. you like, you yeah. want him to get pissed off and like cream expletives at at someone. So I mean, that works in that front. But but for people who are just you know like you said the humanity of food the yeah. the divinity of food people yeah. want to sort of experience that yeah australia bro australia australia, australia absolutely it's interesting right i got to wonder about this cuz everybody i talk to right the thing that annoys them about reality tv is these heightened emotions but then yeah. why is that the only kind of reality tv so that's here's there? the thing it doesn't you know people who say it gets it annoys them we are lying that it annoys us because we love it because there is this sense of um, uh, you know peeping tom you know vicarious pleasure right. you sort of you know you you're seeing some you you're experiencing emotions that that you i don't know that 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 you wouldn't necessarily easily experience and that that vicarious pleasure is what people love and that's why the most successful reality shows are the ones which we term annoying cuz reality uh, uh, you know real housewives or kim kardashian or yeah. mm-hmm. you know they are the ones that are a little uh, they're you, over they're, they're like yeah. you know, overly like, e- e- dramatic even even indian kbc started doing that well, our kbc yeah. started doing that where uh, in the last few seasons the the contestants they would have on they would purposely have such sob backstories mm. sad to say that uh, no I'm but that, it, that, it is one but, of the annoying things right see, exactly, it's absolutely. like um, so i i put down a couple of reality tv shows here right uh, yeah. But I'm generally not a big reality TV guy, right? But I like watching some kinds of things, right? So, like, I love watching the voice auditions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. But I'll mostly watch them on, uh, I'll watch YouTube. them on YouTube. Yes. Because I don't want to hear anything about their life story. I just want wow. to hear them sing. That's true. Oh, preferably a song that I may have heard at some point in time. But all <laughs> I want is I want to hear them sing. I don't want yeah. to hear the life story. And yeah. everybody has a life story, right? I mean, like no matter what, the somebody's uncle has died of cancer, and they're doing yeah. it for them, or so you know, it's yeah, all yeah. shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and but, also, auditions are the place where you see the funniest uh, scenes yeah. in the yeah. entire. In can the I yeah. can I just say I absolutely love watching uh, the Indian Idol. No, uh, no. Biggest, <laughs> so here, here we are. The biggest train wrecks on Doctor Phil, because like that gives me yes, some yes, sort of hope that maybe I'm yeah. not hot <laughs> enough. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so the the two reality TV shows I run, right, which I think will be like highly contrasting from both of these, uh, MythBusters and mm. Grand Designs. Mm. Oh, right. Wow. 
Yeah, so I, I enjoy both of these, right? So right now I found uh, all seasons of Mythbusters on like some dubious sources. And so I have been uh, checking them out mm-hmm. and uh, they've been fun to watch. Again, I, be like, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of these, but you know, a lot of Mythbusters was on television uh, on Discovery, right? So it's not like you'd watch it at a specific time. If it's on, you watch it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a bunch of them, but they're fun. But I've also really enjoyed Grand Designs, right? Which I could not believe that I am enjoying a show about architecture. Yeah. It's kind of uh-huh. blowing my mind. So, well, like any cool, uh, you have any favorite architects now? Uh, no, no. So, the Grand Designs is where somebody buys a house of some nature and then redoes it. Redoes it. Yeah. Oh. Like, so, I mean, like, oh, you yeah, have... I think, yeah, you've you talked about this, I think, before. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, so, uh, Cyrus, yeah, yeah I must have. Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, it's like uh, they'll, they'll buy a clock tower and then build a penthouse yeah. in it, or they'll buy a castle and rebuild it. But, yeah. but that's actually not what I've been watching, right? What I've been watching uh, the most, I think, over the pandemic has been like documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, uh, so, the, um, I got a list of five or six of them here, right? So, the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, which came out yep. at the start of the pandemic, yep. that was seriously like, you know, needed something great at that time to watch. And this was great. It was amazing. It was incredible. I am the exact right age for somebody who's watching that as well. Michael Jordan won his first title when I was 17 years old. So mm-hmm. I'm like in the exact age bracket for that kind of thing, right? Uh, so it was incredible to watch that. Then the other one I saw was, uh, have you guys seen the Defiant ones? Uh, it's the story of Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Really, really good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, like, again, Jimmy Iovine, like, worked with everybody, right? Yeah. So great music in that documentary as well. And this kind of turned me into, like, a little bit of, a, hey, I want to watch some music stuff. So I saw two uh, jazz documentaries after that. So one is uh, Miles Davis, The Birth of Cool. Uh, that's on Netflix. Really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, uh, I like jazz and I listen to jazz and stuff like that, but I didn't realize that Miles Davis's career was like literally 60 years old. It was six years long. And he basically revolutionized music over and over and over again. Not just once. He's done it at least three or four times. Mm-hmm. It's kind of incredible in that sense, right? Uh, and then I saw a 12-part documentary by Ken Burns called Jazz. Again, it's like the history of jazz from like the 1910s all the way up till uh, I think this was made in 2000, so right until the 90s. Ton of documentaries, uh, quite a few music and nostalgia ones, which I think are the commonality between them. Uh, the the last one I had written over there is another Netflix one called Fear City. Uh, it's a four part documentary about how the mafia in New York was kind of brought down by Rudy Giuliani of all people, amongst others. Oh, I, I I've heard of this documentary. Yeah, yeah. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Uh, does it like uh, go back to the mafia? Like, does it? Oh, is it like a docu? Uh, what do you call that? Docu drama? No, no, no. It's a straight up no? documentary. It's okay, telling no. you the exact, uh, like you know, it's from news footage, uh, interviews with people today talking about what they were doing back then in the 1980s and stuff like that. But yeah. it, it is the story of how the mafia was brought to uh, was brought down. So oh. very, 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 very cool stuff. Oh, very cool. yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, I might as well just mention this because I, I'll, I'll just like you know throw out. I, you asked me to do a bunch of these, right? My right. rewatches over the course of uh, the uh, the pandemic. So I rewatched the entire show Blue Bloods, uh, which wow. kind of blows my mind, right? Because it's a yeah. cop show. It's a dumbass cop show, but it chews up the minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you know, you don't always. It's it's always going to be good, not great. Hmm. Right. But it's got a consistent level of good. And basically uh-huh. it's eight seasons, 20 episodes per season, 160 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And you got, dude, we got nothing to do right now. I'm at yeah, home yeah. every day. Like when we're, when office is going on, I don't get home till like nine, nine thirty, ten. 10 right yeah. now. I'm done with work by seven thirty eight every day. I've got two hours to kill. 
<laughs> you know, two extra hours. And so then something yeah. like this worked well. Yeah. I rewatched uh, Parks and Recreation again, which oh. I've probably done for the fifth <laughs> time now. Parks and Rec. Oh, I love that yeah. show. It's my it's my yeah. single favorite sitcom at this point. I have five rewatches. I mean, like you know, it's my single favorite sitcom. Uh, and then I just restarted Arrow. Uh, I basically I had watched Arrow's first two seasons, uh, mm. and now it's gone up to like season eight or something like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to like you know what? Let me go back to it. But I'm like I can't remember any of this now. It was like six years ago when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, and you should watch you know Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow side by side. Oh, really? You think so? Because they're connected. Like, you know, there are crossovers and stuff like that. You know, even Supergirl, in fact. And it's very well built together. It's a lot to ask. But, but yeah, yeah. Like so four shows. So my favorite of these was Flash because it's got the most yes. humor in it, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But again, I only got four seasons into it and then I kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, these, these, these things are shelf lives, man. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. also... Also, Flash kept doing the same thing again every yeah. season. Every season, it yes. was just another speedster. So uh, for me, for me, Legends of Tomorrow is dude. Like, oh yes, it yes. is so whacked out. I saw the first, so uh, I think, three seasons, and it was great because is every really? episode. Yeah, because every episode they're like a different time zone, different yeah. timeline. Sometimes they're like in prehistory. Sometimes they're like in medieval history. Okay, also really whacked out in terms yeah. of like for for a PG show, they're really like working really hard to kind of almost go go there you know okay all right yeah. no, so I, I will check it out though i've seen the first season of it i didn't go i, I didn't oh, get it, further than that it gets more interesting okay. yeah. so basically about four years ago i dropped out of all the dc stuff right but i felt okay. like i want to go back to it now yeah if you want you should go back to dc animated shows are you a fan of dc animated shows i've uh, so i mean like i saw the original batman comics and like course, i yeah. obsessed over those uh i, have you guys, thought, have you, you check out young justice uh, you should no. watch Harley. You should watch Harley Quinn. Uh, it's the movie. It's no, no, as in uh, the, you know the, the animation. Okay, yeah. okay. It's, it's been done very well. The the characters have been etched out beautifully. Uh, okay. Yeah, you should watch. All it. right, I will. Check I, I would. Out. I would. I would recommend. Firstly, just if you want to start uh, start watching DC stuff again, watch all the animated movies because they're really good. But a lot of them. It is. It is. About, yeah. About ninety percent of the DC animated movies are great. I would say. I agree. Ten percent are like just eh, whatever. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, what I found really interesting about DC versus Marvel, right? From a yeah. uh, from a TV slash movie perspective. The DC shows are kind of lighthearted. The movies are really dark. Dark. And yeah. Marvel is the opposite. opposite. That's so true. Which is yeah. so weird, right? I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Sunetro, uh, any yeah. shows that... So I'll, I'll give a little bit of a prelude on why. Uh, so yeah. we were talking about reality shows, right? And one of the things that... And I, and I did tell you about how I'm looking for beautiful things, you know, to get inspired. And, and I've spoken about this multiple times on GBCD, but I have an obsession with with RuPaul's Drag Race and the idea and the art of of um, of drag mm-hmm. and and with drag comes this other sort of you know peripheral uh, phenomenon called the ballroom scene. So I'll give you a bit of an idea of what the ballroom scene was. So it's basically seventies, um, eighties. If anyone's watched the show Pose, it'll give you an idea of what it was. Seventy like eighties uh, scenario where. Queer people were being, uh, you know, shooed away from their houses, homes, uh, weren't getting jobs. They, what ha- used to happen was there were houses. So the house of Balenciaga and there were leaders and, and, and they, had, they were mentoring sort of people. And there were performances which were essentially dance slash uh, fashion performances. And there used to be a three theme. And the way it used to go is category is. So category is 
executive realness. So you had to dress like the most OTT version of an executive. So essentially where it stemmed from was all the things you can't be in real life, you would costume it up. And uh, so while RuPaul's Drag Race does that, uh, you know, because they have a fashion runway every episode. Uh, and and it, it's just amazing because every episode ends with lip sync and a drag lip sync is just like so much joy. So I've been rewatching a lot of like crazy lip syncs from RuPaul's Drag Race. But there's this other show which is on HBO Max. I mean, it's still not available. Uh, so, you know, I... Dubious sources. Yeah, dubious sources. I watched it. It's called Legendary. And uh, basically, it's a competition between five or six houses. And every episode is like a head-to-head fashion battle, fashion dance performance battle between two houses. And it is absolutely gobsmackingly spectacular because you have to look at the looks, you have to look at the movements. And there's a lot of voguing. And I love voguing as a dance form. The origin of voguing was... Uh, uh, screw you to gender norms. So, so men were going, you know, swishy, swishy hand movements up, down. Women were going butch and, you know, very, very staccato. Oh, that's so, interesting. I always thought of voguing as something more like eliminating the rhythm from dancing. No, so, so basically it started with a queer, like the idea was to accept and almost uh, use your, your sexuality and, uh, you know, blur the lines. And uh, yeah, and of course, you you know, it it became about uh, it started it it became popular with with Madonna's performance and right, all that. Right, right, right. But uh, the point was, men can do this too, women can do this too, and it just caught on. And if you look at the voguing performances in Legendary, they take your breath away. It's it's just amazing with uh, the kind of looks they serve, the kind of uh, performances, and for me, that's. Uh, like I was saying, you know, a little bit of beauty in this world of ugly right now is a well, lot. What should I search for on YouTube if I want to see something like legendary, that? Legendary. Legendary. Uh, yeah, like just search just, for HBO Max Legendary and Legendary Performance. I think you'll find okay. a lot of them. So okay. basically, Jamila Jamil is one of the judges. Ah, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, so so she... So, and, the, and the judges are having fun. Like you can see them. So they come like decked up in the theme. And, and, and like they think... They, they sit exactly like the judges in like, you know, the heydays of the ballroom scene used to say it. they sit on thrones and, you know, they judge performances. So, so they're beautifully uh, done. So, and there's very little of the, uh, the, the catty drama and stuff. So it's, it's right, really right. all performance. So, so yeah, check it out. Like YouTube has a lot of the performances out there. So you should, you should be able to see uh, most of them on YouTube. Oh, awesome. 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 Nice. That brings us to the end of the episode, guys. Wow. So, Antriksh, did I misunderstand your instructions? I thought you said, tell me a bunch of stuff that you watched over the pandemic. You guys just recommended one thing each. I mean, I, 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 have, a yeah. I have a whole list. <laughs> no, I, I can go longer, but the no, episode no, that's, right. that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I just, uh, did I misunderstood? And was I just no, talking no, no, no. for no reason? Like no, that, that, that. It was just basically that stuff has, that has kept you going during this time. But yeah. it could have been one thing. It could have been five things. And you did. Yeah. Five things. I gave a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all, we all. I mean, yeah. just... Let's see if uh, Amit can recount everything he said. That might be a little tough without looking at the notes. But let me see. Let's, cool. let's attempt it, right? So from cool. the documentaries, Last Dance, yeah. Jazz, 
Uh, Miles Davis is the birth of you cool. You started with Mythbusters, Mythbusters and uh, Grand Design. Uh, so Myth, uh, so yeah, so those were the reality TVs, right? Mythbusters yeah, and Grand Design. I was doing documentaries yeah. first, but okay, Perfect. Mythbusters yeah. and Grand Design. That's actually easy. The one that's gonna really stump me is the re- no, actually the rewatches are easy too. Blue, Blue Bloods, Parks and Rec, and Arrow. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Jazz, Birth of Cool. Defiant Ones, Last Dance, Evil, uh, sorry, Fear City, and there was one more which I'm not remembering. Oh, almost, almost. <laughs> it's okay. Someone will listen back to the episode and tell us what that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so Nitro, what was, uh, what was the thing you recommended? So, I, I mean, uh, the ones that I've spoken about are, uh, are uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, particularly like not for the drama, but like the lip syncs at the end of every, every episode, uh, and uh, the show called Legendary. Uh, an HBO, uh, HBO Max show. Uh, most of the performances are on YouTube for you to check out. Yeah. And uh, I recommended MasterChef Australia because uh, it's bloody awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. You guys have been lovely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out other interesting podcasts from the on the IBM Podcast app or network. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.